where our highest priority is making God real in your life. You can visit us online at womanatthewellministries.org. Now sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen our daily walk with Jesus Christ. Today there seems to be a large number of people who profess to be Christians, but whose lifestyle and life choices do not align with what God says a Christian should say and do. They profess, but don't possess, the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Too many people are caught up in an easy religion and lose sight of the truth of a sincere salvation. Salvation is costly. It costs Jesus his life. Jesus laid down his life for us, and salvation requires we lay down our fleshly desires and wants for him. We are no longer servants of sin or lovers of this world. Come join us in this podcast of Woman at the Well Ministries as Kim takes us on a journey through the scriptures, revealing God's thoughts about straight is the gate and narrow is the way. Hello, and thank you for joining us on this podcast of Woman at the Well Ministries as we take a close look at what it means to be saved. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about different things that will cause our hearts and minds to ponder. But from the start, let's get it straight. Salvation is free to me and you, but it costs Jesus his life. It's not something to be taken lightly. It's not a trivial choice you make in your life. But it is the most important decision you will ever make in your life, and that is to choose Jesus, to choose to follow Jesus, to choose to believe that he is the only begotten Son of God who lived a sinless, perfect life and shed his blood on the cross of Calvary, that when we believe upon his work and in him, that he washes us white as snow. And that we're no longer who we used to be because Jesus transforms us and the Holy Spirit lives within us. And the things that were of the world that allured us and attracted us and that we may have perhaps even given our time, our money, our energy, and our allegiance to no longer hold that place in our life, but we have placed Jesus as the King of kings and the Lord of lords of the throne of our heart, and we are now attracted to his ways and his speaking and his commandments, and we are living a life to please him and not the world. But what we see often is what the old timers refer as lip service. Oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Because perhaps it's the thing to say because you're in a group full of people who believe in Jesus. 
or perhaps you don't understand it and you don't want to be odd or out, so you simply say yes when someone asks, are you a Christian? Saying yes to the question, are you a Christian, does not make you a Christian. Trying to be in with the people around you who go to church and love the Lord does not make you a Christian. In fact, none of those things will ever make you a Christian. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Doing good works doesn't make you a Christian. Paying your tithes doesn't make you a Christian. Helping others doesn't make you a Christian. It comes down to one thing that makes you a Christian, and that is believing on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And when we read that verse, what we see is that it's God's grace, his willingness to bestow upon us the opportunity to have our sins washed white as snow by believing in him and his works on the cross of Calvary. We also learn in John 3.16 that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We understand through these scriptures that it's the belief in Jesus, it's the finished work of Calvary that Jesus did that gets us our salvation. Because it says, for the God, grace of God, this is Ephesians 2, 11, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. And it continues in verse 12 with this, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. We're told in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that old things are passed away and behold, all things are become new because we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. And it's not about anything that we have done, but it's the work on Calvary, the finished work on Calvary where Christ shed his blood that we receive the opportunity to believe. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And all of us are whosoever's. But notice that it says, call upon the name of the Lord. Notice that it says, believe in him. See, I can believe that a door will open. I can sit and stare at that door all day long. I can memorize its dimensions. I can know how it works. I can understand how it's hung. But until I go and turn the knob and open the door and walk through it, I am not applying my knowledge I'm not using the belief that that door will open. That door has no effect on me. It just happens to be in my presence. But in the unfortunate event that I was in a room and it began to catch on fire, 
my belief would spur me to open the door and walk through it to safety. And my friend, I'm afraid some of us have not utilized our faith to walk through the open door of Jesus Christ and to believe in who he is and to ask him to come in and to give us eternal life by changing us, by washing our sins away. I believe some of us have just simply said words. Repentance means to turn away from. In today's podcast, we're talking about straight is the gate and narrow is the way. In Matthew 7, verses 13 through 14, he says, Enter ye at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. What is he saying to us in this passage of Scripture? As we begin to look at Matthew chapter 7, what we see is that he's telling you that when you are in him, when you have asked him to forgive you every sins, he is faithful and just to do so. We hear that in 1 John 1, 9. But you really have to come meaning business. You have to realize that you are a sinner in need of a Savior and that the only way that you can be saved is to call upon him and he will save you. When you do that each time, each person, for that one time they come to Jesus and realize that they are a sinner, that is the time that they call upon the Lord and he will save them. There's never been a sinner coming to Jesus asking for him to save them that he said no. Understand perfectly this. When you call on him and genuinely, sincerely believe in who he is and you realize that you're a sinner in need of a savior, Jesus will save you. But you have to genuinely confess your sins to him. Not one by one, just realizing that you are a sinner and that without him, you cannot go to heaven. Without him, you are nothing. But with him, you can do all the amazing things and have the abundant life that he has promised you. See, there are a lot of people who are walking around with a false assumption that just knowing the name of Jesus will get them to heaven. And many churches propagate that. Many churches will speak about an easy salvation, and it is easy for us because we just need to believe it. How could you not believe and ask him into your life? But it cost him his life. And when we believe in Jesus, that means we ascribe to his word. That means we are willing to follow his commandments, and his commandments aren't grievous to us because we believe in him, we love him, we trust him, and we are willing to obey, which means we get rid of the world. And I've got good news for you. The Holy Spirit inside of you will help you do that. Because 1 John 2, 15 and 16 says this, Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. 
If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. In Mark 8, 36, he says, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? In the book of Romans, we are told that there's no more condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. We're also told that sin no longer has dominion over us. So what is it that I'm saying to you? What I'm saying to you is that Jesus loves you and he wishes that none would perish, but that all should come to repentance. And the way we do this is to believe in Jesus, to understand that he is the sinless, perfect, spotless Lamb of God, who willingly gave his life on the cross of Calvary, that he might wash away your sins when you believe in who he is and you place him as the Lord of your life and you follow him. He said, follow me. First and foremost, that's what he's asking you to do. He says, have no other gods before me. That means you willingly submit your life to him. And you'll know this. You're not walking around duped if you're actually thinking and asking God to speak to you. Because you know the presence of the Holy Spirit in you. You can feel it and hear it and and see it in your heart. And in Matthew chapter 7, he continues talking about how you'll know them by their fruits and how every good fruit bringeth forth good fruit, every good tree. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. We don't go to a lemon tree and try to get an orange. And so what he's saying in his very own words is this. If you are my child, you're going to bear a resemblance of me. You're going to walk in my ways. Will you be perfect? No, but the Holy Spirit will instantaneously convict you and you will feel and regret for when you've stepped left or right of the center of God's will and you will not be happy. You will be miserable and you will not live in a state of continual habitual sin. Because you will not be able to stand that. So you will ask God, and if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And he will instantaneously and immediately forgive us of our sins. Are we saved again? No. Because we haven't denounced our love for Jesus. We've just living in this world, and we're not paying attention to what Jesus says. But this isn't an everyday instance. This isn't a constant way to live. A Christian lives wanting and seeking the will of God in their life, consistently and constantly communicating with the King of Kings, being well aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit in their life, listening and heeding to the voice of God. And when something goes wrong, then we ask for forgiveness, much like a child in their family. There are times in our lives as children, perhaps even as adults, we have gone against rules of the family. We've been contrary to what our parents have told us to do. And when we do that, they don't disown us. They don't throw us out of the family, but they lovingly and kindly and sternly correct us until we get back into the fold and we ask for forgiveness. Our father 
Jesus Christ is treating us the same way because my heart to my family never denounced them when I did something wrong. My heart never said, you're no longer part of my family. My life never reflected that I did not love them. I made a decision that was poor and incorrect. And we as Christians sometimes can be enticed by the world. We can get our eyes off of Jesus and we might make a decision that is wrong. But as soon as that happens, the Holy Spirit within us will convict us and we can come to the throne and ask God to forgive us and he will lovingly forgive us. We will reap what we sow, but we will be in right standing with him and the love of God will not be in any way less for us. And we as Christians will draw closer and our love for him and the more control we've given him of our life will increase. We will not habitually and consistently live contrary to the word of God because when we do that, we are not part of his family because we would not be able to stand that. The Holy Spirit within us would be convicting us We would not want our lives to be a living testimony of something opposite of what God would have his children be and do. So as Christians, we're going to have good fruit. See, because in verse 20 of Matthew 7, he says, Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. We as Christians must understand that straight is the gate and narrow is the way. Salvation is not a license to sin. James tells us that show me your faith and you'll show me your works. We can't work our way into heaven. We can't buy our way into heaven. We can only believe in the one and only begotten Son of God, Jesus Christ. But we have to believe in him and trust him and obey him. And we have to walk through that open door of salvation. And we have to allow him to have free reign in our lives. And then we can live the abundant life that God so richly wants us to have. The point of this podcast is this. Where do you truly stand with God? Have you made a decision to follow him? To leave the world behind and to, with every fiber of your body, every ounce of your energy, every skill set that you have, every piece of your money, everything that you are and all that you have, You are committed to follow Jesus, to live by his word and his commands, to allow him to be king of your heart. This, my friend, is what it means to be a Christian. And this, my friend, is what he is explaining to us in Matthew 7 when he says that narrow is the gate and few that find it. Because many people are not willing to give up the lust of the flesh because they haven't truly repented of their sin and allowed him to wash you white as snow. It really is as easy as believing in him. But for some of us, we've just spoken the words 
I'm a Christian or I believe. And we've never opened our heart to receive the precious grace, his gift of salvation for each of us. Today is the day you can do that. He is standing with open arms, nail-scarred hands, proving his love for you and asking you to come unto him, to receive him, to allow him to wash your sins white as snow, to commit your life to living a life that is pleasing to him, all enabled by the Holy Spirit he will place inside of you to teach you, to guide you, to instruct you. If you've not made that decision, if you've not fully and honestly committed your life to the Lord because you know he's the one and true living God whose sinless, spotless blood can wash your sins away, it's as easy as saying, Lord, I believe in who you are. Lord, I realize that I was born in this world a sinner. I realize that by my very nature, I am a servant to sin and a follower of the devil. But because of your love for me and your grace that you'll bestow upon me when I ask, you came and you did the hard work. You walked among us and was tempted like we are, but you were never sinful. And so your sinless, spotless blood is the only payment for us, our sin. And you came willingly because of your love for us to bestow your grace that you would allow us a sinner to come to you and ask for the cleansing of your blood. And then you willingly, excitedly, and lovingly come to dwell in our hearts as that of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I come to you, Lord. Sorry for my sins. And asking you to forgive me of my sins. To wash me white as snow. To take your rightful place as king of my heart. And Lord, I ask you to wash me. To fill me with your presence. Teach me and instruct me. And how I can live a life that is pleasing to you. If you've prayed that prayer, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing church that you can learn and grow in Jesus. We encourage you to send us an email to contact us and let us know that You have asked Jesus into your heart because when you do it sincerely, it is a guarantee that he has come. And we want to help you grow in him. We want to make sure you have a Bible in your hand. We want to make sure that you understand who he is. But that's as simple as it gets, folks. To acknowledge that you're a sinner, to believe that he is the Savior, and to confess your sins. But it requires a real, genuine conversation with him. And your intent is to trust and obey. It is our prayer that you know him.
May Jesus bless you and guide you and lead you. And may you place him first in all that you do. Remember, Jesus loves you. You are loved. Thank you all for joining us today in this program of Women at the Well Ministries. We pray that it has been a blessing to you, and we encourage you to reach out to us through our website or our Facebook page. You can find us at watwm.org and at facebook.com watwm, where you will find devotions and many additional Bible resources to enhance your personal walk with God. Women at the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father and it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. If you would like to partner with Women at the Well Ministries, please visit our website at watwm.org. We would like to thank the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us play their hit song, Happy Girl. We greatly appreciate your prayers. Know that we pray for our listeners. Remember that God loves you and you are loved. Happy girl